Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for November 22nd, 2019. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, a plan in which he intends at the end of time to establish a government of people who will rule with him. Before I continue, I want to encourage you to like our page, to share our videos, and to subscribe to our channel. I'll also like you if you see a bell icon over there to hit on that bell icon so you can get notified anytime we upload new videos. If you'd like to support us, please visit our website, templeoftruth.us, or you could go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay, thank you so much for those of you who have been supporting us. Uh, we are really grateful and appreciate your help. All right, so um, today we want to continue on the trend that we have been going the last few days. We'll be talking about coming out from one salvation and entering into a second. And we said the kingdom of God is the final destination that God has intended for us. We said the kingdom of God isn't heaven. We saw the scriptures talk about the heavenly Jerusalem coming from God out of heaven. And we said that the heavenly Jerusalem was the manifestation of the sons of God here on earth, that the, the word coming down symbolized the manifesting into the natural from the spiritual of the will of God. And we declared that the city of Jerusalem wasn't some natural city or natural town, but that it was the coming forth of the nature of God out of a group of people. We went on to say that without the Holy Spirit, that the probability of you and I entering into the kingdom was zero. And that, yes, Jesus has come and died for us, and by his blood we received life, but even Jesus himself told us that we should wait until the Holy Ghost comes, and when the Holy Ghost comes, we would receive something he referred to as power. So when you receive Jesus, you receive life. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, receive power. Power for what? Power to become a son of God. And when we say a son of God, it's open to women and men, okay? All right. So I want us to do some studies today about one aspect of the gift that you receive when you receive the Holy Ghost. And one aspect of the gifts is the ability to speak in tongues. What a lot of people do not realize is that there are at least three or four different kinds of tongue speaking mentioned in the New Testament, okay? And all these are supposed to help facilitate our development and our growth in God, in Christ, so that we can have what it takes to enter into the kingdom of God, all right? So today I want us to begin by looking at some scriptures that will teach us more about the different kinds of tongues that the scriptures speak about. And so we understand that speaking in tongues is not just um, something that is optional. It is something every believer ought to use to edify themselves, to build themselves up. I'm not saying that if you do not speak in tongues, that you are unable to um, be saved or that you're not saved. No, not everybody speaks in tongues. Okay. And not everybody who speaks in tongues 
is saved. You don't have to be saved to speak in tongues. So I know that sounds controversial, but honestly, if you know anything about some of the things that go on out there, you'll be surprised. So I am not saying that speaking in tongues is evidence of having the Holy Spirit. I hear a lot of people say that, but that's not scriptural. One of the signs that you have the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues, but more fundamentally that you have the Holy Spirit is that you have the power and the divine nature of Jesus Christ. That's more fundamental. But if you have that, then you will speak in tongues. So let's look at scriptures, okay? Let's go. We're going to look about, you know, four or five scriptures today. So let's begin to go into them. And as we go into them, I'm going to try to analyze them and you judge for yourself if what we are teaching is correct, okay? So let's begin with the book of Acts, chapter 2, the very popular book of Acts, all right, chapter 2, okay? So let's take this um, from verse 1. We're going to go to verse 12. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Okay, so let me explain quickly for those who don't know what's going on here. There's this big festival called the Feast of Pentecost um, taking place in Jerusalem at this time. And then, you know, Jews people from all over the world who have come to celebrate uh, and, you know, observe this event. And on that particular day, the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost came down from heaven as Jesus had promised and filled the Christians and they began to speak in tongues. But all the people who were in the city could see these people speaking in their different languages. They could understand them. So those who spoke Arabic, those who spoke um, um, uh, German, those who spoke, I know they probably didn't have these languages then, but just, you know, flow with me. Those who spoke all kinds of languages could understand what the Christians were saying in their own language. Okay? Verse 7. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we're born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, in Egypt and in the parts of Libya and Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Okay, friends. Now, this kind of speaking in tongues, I want you to give it the term interlocutory speaking in tongues. What does this mean? Interlocutory means 
something that comes in with authority for a period of time. It stands temporarily as an authority. So in this place, in this state, God overtakes the believer and suspends the believer's ability to speak. Well, I wouldn't say suspends the ability, but takes over their speech process, their communication process, and God himself now intercedes and begins to speak through them. And anyone who is hearing the words coming out of their mouth, two different people hearing the words coming out of their mouth will be hearing them in two different languages, whatever language is native to the two people speaking. That still goes on today. I know of a woman who was an evangelist who traveled to another country to go preach. And in the hotel room where she was staying, the shower was next to some other shower in another hotel room. And as she was singing in the morning, taking a shower, the person in the other room was from an Asian country. This woman, I think, was from America someplace. And the man was surprised to hear somebody speaking in his own native dialect. He speaks a very, he comes from like a very, very, you know, limited area somewhere in Asia where very few people speak that language. So he couldn't wait to meet his sister. So he went to the um, reception hall and said, look, um, the person next to me from my place, is it okay if I can speak to this person? I would love to, you know, introduce myself to this person uh, because uh, she didn't know this, but I could actually hear her singing in our language. So guess what? The receptionist, of course, um, indulged him and, you know, gave the room a call and said, oh, ma'am, please don't be offended, but there's a gentleman here who's also one of our guests who says you're possibly from the same town with him and he would like to say hello. And so the evangelist said, sure, okay, I'll come down. And she came down and they met and the man greeted her in the language and she didn't know what the man was talking about. And so the man explained to her that, you were praising God and you were singing to God in our language and all of this. And the woman says, I was singing in my shower and praising God, but I was singing and praising God in English. And the, the man was confused. And she said, immediately her mind came to the book of Acts and she realized that God had moved through her and was communicating to this man. And she began to preach the gospel to this man. And when she had finished, she explained to him from the, she showed him from the book of Acts what had happened. And the man right there got on his knees and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and went about preaching the gospel of Christ. Okay? So that is one kind of speaking in tongues. Okay? We're going to look at another. All right? So now let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we'll take 1 to 19. Okay, it says, follow after love, from verse 1, 1 Corinthians 14, from verse 1, it says, follow after love, or some scriptures say charity, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in a tongue, or an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Okay? So let's just <laughs> see. Do, do, do you see some kind of conflict here with the first one we just looked at? The first one we just looked at, when they spoke in tongues, everybody could understand them, no matter what language they spoke. Here, Paul is saying, 
it's a person speaks in tongues, no one understands him. But in the spirit, the person is speak, you're speaking mysteries to God. Well, which is it? This is a different kind of speaking in tongues, okay? So let's continue, and I'll explain, you know, when we get there, right? Okay. Three. It says, but he that prophesieth, that means he that preaches, speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Verse 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye all preach, for greater is he that preaches than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. So Paul is saying here, look, I like it that you all speak in tongues or you all want to speak in tongues, but I would that you all learn how to preach. If you, in your scriptures, it might say prophesy. It simply means there to preach, okay? All right, verse six says, now brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? Verse seven, and even things without life-giving spirit, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what a pipe or harp? So in other words, if music is out of tune, okay, it doesn't really make sense. It's all like a din, okay? Okay, so we continue verse 8. For if the trumpet giveth an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise, you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. That means there are many languages, but all have a meaning. Okay? Therefore, verse 11, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel in the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. I want to stop for a second here on verse 15. You notice in verse 15, he says, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with my understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with my understanding also. Within the context of speaking in tongues, that means another phrase for praying in the spirit or speaking in the spirit is praying in tongues or speaking in tongues, okay? So I want you to recognize that, all right? All right. So we're going to stop at, at, at um, verse 19. So let's continue. I think we were at um, verse 16. All right. All right. So let's read verse 15 again. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupied the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? Verse 17, For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. Verse 18, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. 
yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. All right. So we see here that the Apostle Paul is saying, look, look, I speak in tongues more than all of you. When he says, I speak in tongues, that means he's telling you he chooses when he wants to speak in tongues. Okay? Now, that would contradict Acts chapter 2 if he was speaking about the same thing. But he's not. You have seen here a second kind of tongues. And this second kind of tongues, I call it tongues of interpretation. Okay, so what you're seeing here is tongues of interpretation. That means um, when you speak in tongues, in this kind of speaking in tongues, someone is able to understand what you're saying. Okay, all right. No, sorry, let me correct that. That's tongues of edification. Okay, you're speaking in tongues. Nobody understands what you're saying. All right, nobody understands what you're saying. Next, we're going to look at tongues of interpretation. Okay, in the same chapter, we're going to look at Tongues of interpretation, but what we just saw now is tongues of edification. Tongues of edification, where you pray in tongues. Nobody understands what you're saying, but you're building up yourself. You build up your spirit. You, know, you make your you, when after you've prayed, you know, for like ten minutes, thirty minutes, one hour, three hours, whatever it is that you feel like doing. You have this sense of strength, inner strength inside of yourself that's there. Okay, all right. Now let's look at one more edification. One more a different scripture that actually supports the um, tongues of edification. Um, and we'll see that in the book of Jude, only one chapter in the New Testament. Okay. So we'll look at from verse 19. Okay. It said, okay. So he's talking about a group of people. He says, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, but ye beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, which means praying in the spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto, unto eternal life. Okay, so in verse 20, we see it says, For ye, beloved, building up yourselves, this is edifying yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That is praying in the Spirit. So see, you see the same thing that the, 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 the prophet Jude is saying here, that as you, as you pray in the Spirit, you edify yourself. He's saying it's replicating what the apostle Paul had said earlier in the book of uh, in the book of First um, Corinthians fourteen that we looked at. Okay, so the second kind of tongues is tongues of education. Now, why are we studying tongues? We're not studying tongues just for the sake of studying tongues. We're studying tongues because we said it is one of the gifts that we receive when we receive the Holy Ghost. And why do we receive the Holy Ghost? We receive the Holy Ghost so we can have power to enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, all right. So let's look now at um, Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Okay, let's look. A lot of study. We'll take Romans chapter eight from verse twenty-six to twenty-eight. Okay. All right. So it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. 
All right. Now, everybody I know, most every Christian quote that last verse, okay? All things working according to God's purpose. All things work for the good, together for the good, according to the purpose of God, okay? But did you know that actually that thing was talking about speaking in tongues, okay? So it says here that when you speak in tongues, that things begin to work together for your good because even though you're praying, you... You, 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 let's take for example. Let me give you an example. Of what this is? This is okay. This third one is you refer to it as um, of tongues of intercession. Okay, this is tongues. This is the third one. Tongues of intercession. Now, what is this? Let me give you an example. Imagine you're a young man and you meet this beautiful girl. You've known her for a few months or a few years, whatever it is, and you believe you want to marry this girl. Okay. And every day you wake up in the morning and say, oh, God, I love this girl. I want to marry this girl. Make a way for me, you know, whatever. But then you also pray in tongues. Now, as you're praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit knows what the consequence of this marriage is going to be and that it's not good for you. So when you're praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit provokes your spirit to begin to tell God, I know this girl is not going to be good for me. So find a way to end this relationship in such a way that, you know, I'm not going to hurt the feelings and I won't be too devastated. Now, you don't know this, but when you're praying in tongues, that's what your spirit is praying because it's making intercession for you according to the will of God. So let's go read that one more time. Okay. Let's go read that one more time. Okay. So that's Romans chapter eight, verse I think it was uh, 26 to 28. Yes. Okay. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groans which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart, who is he that searcheth the heart? The Holy Ghost. Okay. So the Holy Ghost comes in to see what your spirit is asking for, okay? And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. So the Holy Ghost comes and knows what your spirit is thinking, not your soul, your spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So your spirit is making intercession, okay, with the power of the Holy Spirit to God for you according to the will of God. Verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for the good, for good, to them that love God, for to them that are the called according to his purposes. So even when you see things, you know, don't work out the way you pray. You, you ask God for it, you pray fervently. The Bible is saying there's something you don't know. And because you've prayed in tongues, God has moved things in a way that are best for you, even though in your normal thinking, you think things are not going the way they're supposed to go. You didn't get that contract. You didn't get that posting. You didn't get that job. You didn't get that position. Things that seem legitimately good, but God knows, and your spirit has been informed by the Holy Ghost, that this thing is not going to be good for you at the end of the day. So your spirit begins to pray to move things to those things that will be good for you so that all things work together for the good for you at the end, 
Okay, so no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what it seems you're going through, if you're a child of the living God and you have received the Holy Ghost and you're praying in the power of the Holy Ghost, all things are working together for your good. Why? Because you have received power. Why? Because you have received the Holy Ghost that Jesus promised you. Okay? All right. So that is tongues of intercession. Okay, so now we're going to go to the final one, which is tongues of interpretation, which is going to take us right back to Acts chapter 14. I'm uh, uh, sorry, First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. Okay, so we're going back to First Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going down to verses 27 to 40. Okay, so now we're going to the fourth kind of tongues, and the final, fourth and final kind of tongues called Tongues of interpretation, okay? All right. So now you see here, Paul is speaking about the different kinds of tongue, and you're going to see that he's talking about one that needs an interpreter. It says, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two. Remember earlier he told us when you speak in tongues, nobody understands what you're saying. However, in the spirit you speak mysteries. That's what he told us around verse 1 or so of this same 1 Corinthians 14. Now it's talking about a different kind of tongues. Okay? So I'll take it from verse 27 again. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the others judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy, remember I said prophesy was to preach, one by one, that all may learn and all may be com comforted. And the spirits, sorry, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Okay, that means you can control yourself. Verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So in, so as, as, sorry, let me read verse 33 again. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Okay. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to didache. That word there that is translated speak is the wrong word. It means instruct. But in the, in the old English, they wrote speak there, and I don't know why they put speak. It means to instruct. It means to give direction. Okay? This is not saying women can't speak. The very first person that Jesus gave the gospel to was a woman. He says, go and tell my brothers that I am risen. That's a gospel. Okay? So it's not saying women shouldn't teach in church. That's not true. He's saying that they shouldn't be in charge. Okay, that's what he's talking about here. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to didache, for they are commanded to be under obedience, as also said the law. I don't want to go into that. It, he was writing a letter to some people, and he mentioned that, and that was you know unique to them at that point in time. I don't want to go into this. We'll talk about that some other time. Let's continue. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues, 
let all things be done decently and in order. Okay, in verse 39, he says, forbid not to speak in tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. That means don't stop people from speaking in tongues because you don't believe in speaking in tongues. Okay, I don't care whether you're a pastor or whatever you are. Okay, he says, don't stop anybody from speaking in tongues. Okay, so I say, well, we don't have an interpreter here. The Bible says, unless there's an interpreter, there's no interpreter. He says, no, no, that's not the spirit in which I'm talking about. I'm saying, listen, I'm talking to the person speaking in tongues. That look, if you're bringing forth a tongue and you feel God is inspiring you, you know, to say something and there's no interpreter, he says, your spirit is subject to you. Control yourself, you know, and, you know, pray to yourself. Now, there is a place for speaking in tongues, which is, like I said, tongues of edification. There's nobody there to interpret. You're all just speaking in tongues and you all are building yourself up. Okay? So, I have, I believe tonight, given you some direction in your understanding of speaking in tongues because this, I feel, is important so you can understand how to use the power that God has given us so you can make it into the kingdom. That's why we decided to look at this today to kind of bring down to earth some of the things we've been teaching in the past few days, all right? Because your goal, your destination is the kingdom of God. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. You want to be found in there, okay? Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that has brought us out of Egypt, that has brought us out of sin and despair into God's marvelous light. But now we want to enter into the kingdom of God. Thank God we have crossed over the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds. Now it's time to cross over Jordan onto the other side into the promised land that God has for us. And so there's another river of salvation to cross. Okay, friends, I want to thank you, you know, for your time. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for sharing this gospel with your friends. As you, as you listen to this by audio or by video, I want to encourage you please, to share these videos with your friends, with your family. I don't care whether people are Christians or not Christians, whether they're Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, or they're so-called atheists, whatever they, whatever they are, you need to share these videos. Spread around the world because the time is near. There is no more time. Look around you, okay? Look around you. Everything is, everything is disintegrating around us, okay? But we have something that can give us beauty on the inside and give us hope, a hope that can take over the outside and bring hope and bring beauty to the outside in the time to come, okay? So please remember to, you know, like our videos, okay? Remember, we're also on Facebook. If you have any comments on this, you can comment on Facebook. In our page, it's called Emerging Temple. And you can also go to the comment section here on YouTube and put any comments and any questions that you have. We'll be glad to respond to you, all right? Um, remember also that we have a place where you can support us financially if you were led to do so. Uh, no pressure on you in any way. This is a free gospel from Jesus Christ. There's no price tag to it, um, but we, we will be grateful to get any support that we can get, we can receive. So please visit our, you know, our handle at Emerging Temple. I'm sorry, at patreon.com. It's called Emerging Temple. And you can also visit our website, templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. I hope that today's teaching has given you some foundation 
For those of you who've been on the fence about speaking in tongues or not speaking in tongues, I hope today has given you, you know, clear, because I know there's a lot of confusion. A lot of people seem to see contradictions. You know, here it says no one can speak in tongues unless they receive the gift. You know, when they spoke in tongues, everybody could understand them. Well, I hope today's teaching has made you understand that, yes, you can choose not to speak in tongues, but the likelihood that you will make it into the kingdom without the gift of the Holy Ghost, which one of those manifestations is speaking in tongues, is unlikely. I am not saying you cannot make it into the kingdom of God if you don't speak in tongues. I am not saying that. I am saying you are unlikely to make it into the kingdom of God if you do not receive the Holy Ghost. Okay? That's what I'm saying. I said, but one of the gifts, one of the things that manifest in your life if you receive the Holy Ghost is that you do speak in tongues. If not today, then tomorrow. But at some point, at some time, if you feel that sense rising up within your belly, coming out, and don't, be, don't, don't try to be sophisticated and control it and squelch it. Let it come forth. Let it, let it come out of your mouth. Okay? And let that flow be there. Okay? Because it moves mountains. It changes things for you. All right? That's your power. Okay? That's your power. Well, friends, thank you so much for your time again. It's Friday evening, which means there will be no broadcast again until Monday. And I look forward to sharing again God's Word with you at that time. Remember to share, 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 share these videos. Don't stop sharing. Okay? Don't stop sharing on every platform, and every group, everywhere you are. Share these videos. People want to hear this gospel because this is the gospel of life. There are people who tune into TV every day. They go from one church to another. They're looking for some life, but they don't have it. But you have found it. So share it with them because you know that what you're receiving here is the, is the word of God. It is not the word of man. So please, Jesus said, nobody lights a lamp and puts it under the table. He said they put it on the table so everyone can have light. So make sure that you do your part that everyone has light. God bless you.